0: Hey, buddies. Thank you so much for checking out this episode of More with Stumpo with me, the host, Matt Stumpo. Today's guest really spoke to my heart through this episode, and it was something that really kind of convicted me and a lot of stuff that... We discussed in it, especially about God and my religion, my faith, God. Um, I really hope that it speaks to you guys as well. Uh, this is actually, his name is David Storvik. He is with the 148 Ministries, him and his wife. They both lead and run 148 Wellness and 148 Ministries. If you guys have heard of them before, that is amazing. If you haven't, well, here's your first time. And also to learn about the people who started this. Um, this has been in a uh, ministry that someone actually brought this to my attention through Facebook. They sent me a message on Facebook and said, hey, I think this guy would be great for uh, an episode on your podcast. Uh, And they were definitely right. We talked about a lot of stuff. What they do is they work with uh, women that have been assaulted or abused and women also dealing with addiction as well. And don't worry, men, they also have some stuff for them as well on Monday nights. Uh, I could post some of their, I will post their links down below uh, in the description feed, or if not, I will tag them on Facebook. And it's also, you can look them up with 148 minutes ministries on facebook as well and i also will tag in their email in the description for anybody who's wanted to learn more about their organization it's a non-for-profit i think it's an amazing thing and i hope you guys really enjoy this episode learning more about david and this organization dave thank you so much for taking the time out of your really busy schedule to come on to my little show so go ahead and introduce yourself to the audience here
1: yeah david storvik uh pastor and director with 148 ministries here in greenwood indiana
0: Beautiful, beautiful. Well, I will go ahead and say how I got introduced to you, <clears throat> which was—I don't think she'll mind if I say her name. I don't uh, think so. Kim Caudle. Uh-huh. She's a super sweet woman. She reached out to me on Facebook, and thank you very much, Kim. If you're li- hopefully you're listening to this, we're <laughs> watching, um, and. She reached out and said, "I know this great guy. He runs 148 Ministries and 148 Wellness, mm-hmm. correct? And uh, he's doing a lot of great. Him and his wife are doing a lot of great things. I think he would be a great asset on your your podcast. Which right uh, I agree. <laughs> so, <laughs> right so, yeah. Thank you again for coming back on. So, you run 148 Ministries and 148 Wellness. So, can you explain to us uh, listening in on what that is? Yeah. So,
1: 148 Ministries is a is a Christian nonprofit." ministry that we formed, my wife and I formed back in 2017. And uh, 148 Ministries goes into uh, residential treatment centers, and we provide programming for them on site. So we do workouts on site. My wife's a personal trainer. Mm -hmm. Um, We do what's called workout and worship. So we'll go in and we'll we'll do a workout for them, a circuit training workout, and then we'll bring in food and things like that. We either do a worship service on site, uh, or a Bible study discussion group, uh, depending on what the facility wants. Um, and so we do that at multiple locations, multiple times a week, uh, throughout cool. Indianapolis and surrounding areas. Uh, 148 Wellness uh, is actually uh, run by, uh, owned by Chris Walker, and he's our partner in this, where he approached us back in 2019 and said, hey, I have an idea. Uh, I have a business plan for a gym, and I would really like to do something with you guys. And so, um, the three of us uh, had coffee. Uh, I think it was uh, uh, in November, and um, uh, three months later, we opened up a gym. And uh, that's why it's called 148 Wellness. So, it, the, the the branding is similar. the The logo is the same. Uh, the the name is just different, right? It's just ministries versus wellness. So, um, and that particular. Gym and location is located in Greenwood right off of, uh, uh, it's at 400 Birdway, which is right off 65 and and Main Street uh, there in in Greenwood. Um, And it's a full service gym where it's open 24 hours a day. Uh, You can have personal training there. We have hybrid personal training, which is uh, classes of six people or less. Um, Chris is a PTA, so he does physical therapy there. We have localized cryotherapy. Um, really, we have another physical therapist that's starting with us actually this week. Um, and so, uh, we offer a lot of different things uh, infrared sauna, medical grade massage chair, and so there's a lot of different things. It's a, it's a wellness approach, right? So, yeah. um, so we do that, and then I also do um, the ministry offices are located the same uh, in the same building, and so, um, we do counseling out of there. I do, I do counseling for. Uh, marital, premarital, depression, anxiety, uh, those types of things. And then if uh, if we have somebody that's court-ordered for addiction counseling, we have uh, another counselor who's licensed in addiction, and she covers those those clients. So,
0: well. so when you guys are talking about doing like the localized cryotherapy stuff, <clears throat> and that's obviously for people that are in the, into the gym, so th- right. do they have to have a membership for the gym to do a lot of that kind of stuff?
1: So if you want physical therapy or, or um localized cryotherapy that mm-hmm. type of thing you can pay for that per session so okay. yeah by the half hour so do you guys
0: go through like insurance at all with that or no don't
1: do insurance at this point um yeah so it's it's all self-paid there
0: okay that's really interesting so what got you guys into doing uh, assisting women assault uh, uh, battered women mm-hmm. assaulted women or women addicted to yeah. whichever right. got you yeah. started
1: so um, so I personally am in uh, 25 years sober myself and so yeah thanks and um, so I've been through an addiction and been on the other side my wife has uh, been through a 18 year um, food addiction issue and she's on the other side of that she That's went amazing. on a on a mission trip um, back in 2017 uh, um, uh, to to uh,
0: I'm sorry. Uh,
1: you keep talking. I'm gonna just... <laughs> She's chasing her bone and
0: she gets excited. <laughs> and she starts running. I'm sorry.
1: Yeah, my wife went on a mission trip back in 2017 uh, through another organization to Cambodia for women uh, that had been trafficked in, in <clears throat> Cambodia. And so she came back uh, and her heart was moved. And she just asked me, she said, well, why can't we do something in our own community for, for women who had either been trafficked or have suffered from addiction and 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 that type of thing and I said I, I don't I don't know I don't know why we can't do this so we started praying and it was about a year-long process of kind of searching God and, and searching direction there and um, we had an opportunity uh, at, at an organization downtown to to pitch this concept to them of this workout and worship uh, and they said we would we would love for you guys to come in and do something like this so that's that's when all this kind of started so.
0: Did you guys, when you first started, so it was through another church? You guys first started, or who helped support that event?
1: And, uh, we were self-supported. We, we really. So yeah. you just
0: took all the the risk on yourself.
1: We did. We, we, wow. We we started the nonprofit uh, ourselves, my wife and I, and we were self-funded for at least the first first year or so of the of the nonprofit, and so. Um, we, we now have ministry supporters that help us and, and help us financially. And then we have a, a number of volunteers that, um, help us, uh, do these, these programming events at, at these, uh, at these different locations. So, um, so yeah, we just started on a, on a wing and a prayer basically. So
0: <laughs> do you mind if I ask what your addiction was?
1: Alcohol. Alcohol. Yep. Wow. Mm-hmm. Yep.
0: Was it beer? Was it, was it liquor? Or did uh, it it not matter? was
1: a little bit of both. Um, uh, mainly, mainly beer, but, um, yeah, it was. It was came to a point where I couldn't control it, and uh, uh, it was causing me to uh, do things that I wasn't proud of, you know. And yeah. uh, uh, I was driving, uh, driving home one night, drunk, and uh, um, you know I had faith in Christ, and and uh, at that time of my life too. And and it's it's like God spoke to me, and He reminded me of this verse. He said, "If uh, if your hand causes you to sin, you need to cut it off." Um, and in that moment I made a promise to God that, that, uh, that I would cut that off because, uh, it was causing me to sin, you know? Mm-hmm. And so I drove home that night, drove straight into my garage and went straight to my beer cooler and, uh, opened up every can of beer and poured it out on the ground, oh, wow. uh, and promised God I'd never touch it again. And I haven't. So That's amazing, yeah,
0: that is amazing. So there's, there's people that I'll chat with. <clears throat> about, uh, religion or God. Mm -hmm. And I don't like always saying the term religion because religion could be religious, could be anything that you do. Like I pick up my phone religiously. Exactly. Um, but they're always talking about like, do you take the Bible literally or metaphorically? And in the beginning, I'd say, well, you take it literally because I didn't fully educate myself on a lot of things. Mm-hmm. And then they're like, well, what about? And they would say that verse, like, well, what about if your one hand causes it uh, causes right. sin, you cut it off? I'm yeah. like, do, do you actually cut your hand off? And I'm like no and then he's like well you just said you take it literally I'm like oh my gosh I yeah. guess I need to educate myself so yeah. then I started like reading into it and sure. stuff like that but I find a lot of it so interesting about like how Jesus would speak and give stories mm-hmm. and use the parables and and use them as like learning lessons for others right. and it was tough for me to understand when he was telling a story versus when he was like explaining something that actually happened mm-hmm. that's what I had issues with trying to understand right. plus like the lang- like it's not a language barrier but like it's so proper and how it right. talks in most of it. Like there's such good writers uh-huh. that like I'm just not typically like the smartest. Like okay, now this is when they're telling the story. Okay, <laughs> so I would have to go back and like there's a there's a Bible app that I have on my phone that I would go back on and be like, okay, the, I need more ex- explanation in this. Um, uh-huh. But you're a pastor, correct? For uh-huh. okay, so. What was your education in, or did you go to a college to do a lot of the stuff? Yeah, or how so did you
1: actually my undergraduate that? degree is in uh, mechanical engineering. So, oh, wow. So you're so, so I don't know about that, but, <laughs> but uh, I, I did get a degree. So, um, uh, no, I spent the first, you know, out of college, spent first 20, 25 years in engineering, uh, believe it or not. And so did that for, a, uh, it was a great career and, and did that for uh, a long time, but uh, really felt the call of God in my heart. And so I quit that job, and I went back to school. Uh, I got my master's degree from Cincinnati Christian University, mm-hmm. um, with uh, emphasis in pastoral leadership and counseling. So, um, so yeah, and then and then uh, here we are. So uh, yeah.
0: So, what has been some of the more impactful? Um, let me rephrase this. What has been something that you guys doing this organization? that has really come about that has kind of fixed your focus and made you even more motivated? Is it the amount of uh, women that have been coming to you guys? Is it the um, the business side of things where it's starting to grow and you're like, this can really turn into something great? Or do you kind of understand what my question is? So, we always,
1: before we go into these centers, we always pray, right? And it's just like, God, would you please just speak to us and and be present um, while we're there, and we don't ever know how or you know how God's going to show up. We we always know He, he will. I, last year we had a had a girl. Uh, when you asked me the question, this this story popped in my mind. Um, but we had a girl, and her name was Alicia. <clears throat> and after one of our services, she came to me and she said, "I've never been baptized," and I said we can take care of that. You know, we can, we can do this. She's like, I would love to be baptized. And so she graduated from the the program at the residential treatment center, got out and then uh, we uh, had a baptism service for her specifically cool. and uh, baptized her into Christ. Her family was there and, and that type of thing. And so it was just really cool to be a part of that part of her life journey. Um, and then we kept in contact with her. She actually worked out of the gym for a little bit, you know, and, um, and, and when you're working with with people that are in and out of addiction, um, you kind of can read the signs. So um, we'd been texting her, and then and then she wasn't texting back. You know, she had ghosted us. Right? Yeah. That's that's what that's how they call it. <laughs> um, and typically, in a life of an addict, when they ghost you, that means they're they're using again. And so um, so we continue to pray for her and. And um, that situation, but I got a, a phone call about five months later. Um, and the lady was like, you don't know me. Um, I'm Alicia's sister. And Alicia od and died. And I said, I'm, I'm really, really sorry to hear that. And, and she said, Alicia talked about 148 and the impact that, that you guys have had in her life um and the way you treated her and uh, with the baptism and just and just through the whole program. She says, We don't have any money for your funeral. She's like, Would you do her funeral? And so I officiated the, the funeral, did the did the service for them, obviously at no cost. You know, that's we're a nonprofit. Yeah. We help people and um and so what what was interesting about that is is when you can have a conversation with someone uh about Christ and they come to Christ and they have this saving knowledge of Jesus right and and they demonstrate that through public baptism and affirmation of their faith um, and then you have unfortunately she died but it was an easy it was an easy sermon for me to preach, you know because we'd had that conversation about what it means to have faith in Christ. And so at our funeral uh, I was able to, uh, communicate that with everybody there, and say, "Look, here's the, here's the conversation that Alicia and I had, and I saw her put her faith in Christ." You know, and so um, from that standpoint, it it makes that message pretty easy and pretty clear to the people at the funeral. So, um, so so when when people ask what we do and how we get involved with other people's lives, I mean that's one little example of 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 how we how we get involved. Mm-hmm. You know uh, to that level, uh, with, with some of these, with some of these girls.
0: So with you guys dealing people with addictions, <clears throat> what addictions do people normally have, or is it just any type? Like if they say, I have a shopping addiction and they come in, or is it specifically drug and alcohol?
1: So it, a, a it's a primarily purpose? drug and alcohol. So, uh, you know, back to the centers that we serve, we, mm-hmm. uh, volunteers of America is one organization that we provide programming for they a residential treatment center um, for, uh, the, the we have a couple of programs there. One is their women's program, which is their Fresh Start program. That's a, It's a program for women. It can be court-ordered, or it could be they'd be right off the streets. So usually it's meth um, that when they're coming off the streets, that type of thing. Sometimes alcohol. Um, uh, and then this particular program um, is unique, I think, in the state of Indiana where um, if DCS says that they can keep their kids, then the kids can be with them in rehab. Really? So yeah. The, so we'll have children come down. For, That's interesting. Yeah, for yeah. the workouts, babies and and uh, uh, that type of thing. So some of our volunteers that go with us will they'll hold babies while the women can work out and mm-hmm. enjoy food and stuff like that. So um, uh, and then and then the other organization we serve uh, in India is Teen Challenge, which is up in Lebanon. So so to answer your question. Um, you know, we, we see a lot of meth, um, type, type of addicts. Um, some of them are still detoxing. I was going to ask you about that. Yeah. So some of them are, if they, if they, if they, uh, admit themselves, um, some of them are right off the streets, yeah. you know, days off of days off of meth. So we're still dealing with withdrawals and stuff like that. Do so you
0: have like medical staff on standby or do you guys um, just,
1: they have, they have people there. Okay. Um, so we don't provide that. But but they have they have people there. So
0: I'm sure you guys have gotten on pretty accustomed to seeing those signs of like withdrawal and people dealing with those types of situations.
1: Yeah, especially when you're trying to do a workout, uh, so <laughs> <laughs> it's, it doesn't go well. Oh okay, yeah, increasing the heart rate, <laughs> yeah, sweating, they, shaking. They can work out for about 45 <laughs> seconds and then and they got to sit down. So. Uh, so yeah, we do see a lot of that. But
0: do you guys? Oh, this is a question I've been wondering. Do you guys do the sermon first, then do the workout, or do you guys do the workout then the sermon?
1: Now we wear them out, and then wear them out first, and they can't leave. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, so usually we do a workout, and then uh, and then we'll break for food. So we'll bring in like uh, some really high quality food, some Good. veggie trays, fruit and cheese trays, stuff like that for the for the Gatorades and, yeah. and stuff like that. We were down there last Friday and, uh, this one girl had this big old bowl of strawberries, you know, <laughs> and she was eating them like, like somebody was going to take them from her, you know? And she's like, these strawberries are so good. I haven't had strawberries forever, you know? Yeah. And so, um, anyway, we try to provide them some good food. Uh, so with
0: your wife being a physical trainer, does she also have like a background in any type of, uh, dietary, uh, uh, prepping for food, I mean for I mean yeah stuff, she or? does
1: some nutritional counseling as well yeah. as a part of her as a part of her profession um but uh, we also bring in a cookie tray so you oh. know you know it's
0: I might show up yeah right on <laughs> but
1: uh, so it, we we can't get too far you know the the food they serve at some of the residential uh, treatment centers isn't the best you know yeah. so um we, we like to bring in some stuff that they don't typically have so
0: What is a lot of the stuff that's missing from these other organizations that you guys have that's different? Obviously, the fitness aspect into it, but do you recognize anything else?
1: Um, Yeah, so it depends on the organization. So uh, Teen Challenge, for example, up in Lebanon, they are a Christ-centered residential treatment center. So they have a lot of neat Christian programming there. They have... Uh, they, they put the, girl through, the girls through high school programming, so, mm. so they'll get a degree and, and that type of thing. So um, the fitness part we do bring in uh, that that uh, is, is pretty unique to, to, to them up there. Uh, at Volunteers of America, um, uh, they don't have any fitness at all, so we, we're it when, when we come in. Um, at Volunteers of America, we're also uh, one of the only spiritual uh, external programming, um, uh, uh, organizations that come in and provide that program here for them as well. So,
0: so you may not know the answer to this question, which is okay, but <clears throat> do you think that combining fitness and God both together into a rehabilitation program suits better for the victims Or do you think it's one or the other that suits better? Do you think fitness really brings them in to like get their heart rate going physically, you know, physically uh, straining themselves to where they're like, okay, I kind of like challenging myself mentally. Now I'm starting to grow internally, Um, but also throwing in a little bit of that aspect of Christ in there, too. Mm -hmm. So now not only are they physically growing, but spiritually they're growing. Do you notice a, a big change in their do you notice a lowering risk in their uh, habits of going back into what it used to be, like for the drugs?
1: Um, yeah, I don't know. Um, that's a good question. It's a multifaceted question. So, it's really
0: tough because it's a hard question to quantify a number two.
1: Right. Um, I mean, just when you were talking through that, that's how 148 uh, came to be was mm-hmm. the verse First Timothy 4.8. Which which combines those two. Okay. It says for physical training is of some value, but godliness has value for all things. It has eternal value. That's that's what First Timothy four eight. That's where one forty eight comes from. Is combining. The physical and the spiritual so paul talked about that in, in in first timothy so um that's where we came up with the idea of yeah. of 148 so um so it's in the book you know it's in the <laughs> it's, book it's, in, it's the instructional. in the book it's in the book uh but no i mean you know um and my, my wife could talk uh, more about this um in depth but but the physical aspect of healing you know, post addiction, uh, or post trauma, right. Um, is, is, is very, very beneficial, um, for, for people, uh, if they can, if they can do that on a consistent basis, it helps with depression, it helps mm-hmm. with anxiety, those types of things. I don't know if I would go so far as to say, um, it helps keep them off the streets. Although we're all addicted to something, you oh, know, wow. so you can trade meth for, sugar you know or <laughs> you know it's the new white drug and so uh, uh, some people will will, will trade a, a drug for physical activity right mm-hmm. and then they will just pour themselves into you know fitness for example and 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 go that way so um, uh, so yeah so I don't know if I could go as far as it keeps them off the streets but we certainly hope it, it gives them a springboard into in what the possibility could be
0: It's interesting that you bring up you trading one thing for the other. If I wasn't – if obviously, I don't look extremely fit right now because I'm wearing a sweatshirt and stuff. But if I was not in the gym, I'd be addicted to some type of drug because it's just the feeling that I get from the gym and doing all that stuff, staying active, is just – it's just – it's pleasing to my body Mm -hmm. knowing when I leave the gym, I feel amazing. Yeah. So I can only imagine what it's like for somebody who's lived a life of, you know, just doing drugs Mm -hmm. all the time to – Getting off drugs. Now all of a sudden I'm in a workout plan that people are focused on me themselves mm-hmm. and also I'm getting spiritually fed. Yeah. I couldn't even imagine how that must feel. Yeah. But yeah, I, oh, I would definitely be a drug addicted yeah. fool <laughs> if I didn't have the gym right now. Right on. Um, yeah. What has been something that has really spoken to you this entire time while doing it? Like do you have any other plans or ideas to further this
1: so um in actually in the past couple of years during our we have a board of directors obviously um uh, that helps lead and, and guide the direction of the ministry but uh one of the things that we've talked about is you know not not pushing our own agenda you know and letting growth happen organically or in other words where does god want to take this you know what what's his plan and purpose for for 148 and and where it should go and so um you know word of mouth kim calls you mm-hmm. we are on a podcast you know a couple of weeks later you know so that's an organic type thing where i believe it's it's got orchestrated Where. You put people in your life, and and then you follow that direction. You know, so we're we're um, we're getting ready to start a a new program down in Evansville, Indiana, at one of the Volunteer of America's um, residential treatment centers down there, and that was another example of um, an an organic or God ordained growth of 148. We never thought we'd be in Evansville, Indiana, <laughs> Really, you know, uh, but we had a connection at uh, Ascension St. Vincent Hospital down there. Um, and uh, in my conversation with, with them, they have a staff of chaplains and exercise physiologists that would like to volunteer their time in their own community. And That's so, cool. so um, you know, next or, uh, next month, we're going down there to train them as 148 ministry volunteers and then they'll they'll provide the programming according to our structure at uh, at that residential treatment center down there
0: so what type of growth have you gotten from this whole thing
1: personally mm-hmm. that's another great question um i think that um i think just that i think you know i'm uh, kind of a type a kind of guy so line them up, knock them down <laughs> get it done. You know, let's, let's rock and roll. Let's get this, let's get this deal going. And so what I've had to do honestly is, is step back, um, mm. and, and just say, okay, God, what, what do you want? <laughs> you know, I can push David's agenda all day long, um, and, uh, and, you know, and, and do whatever, but what is it that, that you want to do? And I think, I think when we do that, especially in our, in our faith life, Um, we get get over ourselves we get past ourselves you know what i mean and it's like okay god i can't one i can't do this i can't i can't do this at all on my own i need you so it's it's kind of a uh, it's kind of a almost a recommitment to your faith in trusting god with this with this organization with this with this purpose with this plan with with this mission you know and and see what he has in store does that make sense it does make sense yeah so so honestly you know for me personally it's been it's been growth that way really? in in stepping back in stepping back
0: how much stress was relieved after you stepped back <laughs> <laughs>
1: a lot well you know my wife's like all the time she's you know I've when we first started this thing she's like what do what you think and i'm like we're going nationwide You know, and I was like, here we go. We're going nationwide. All or nothing. Yeah. Let's, (laughs) let's, let's go. And she's like, okay. She's like, let's, (laughs) let's take a step back here. What, what are we really doing here? You know? So, um, so yeah, no, I think it's, uh, to answer your question, I think it does relieve stress. I mean, it's the same thing with um, the direction in in our lives personally, right? You can take charge of your life and, and try to make things happen. And, and try to define your own destiny and direction or um you can actually have faith that God is in control and and to follow his lead and his plan and his purpose for your life. Um and I'd rather I'd rather go that direction.
0: That is so difficult though because once you start like me being a young guy, right? I'm still on my journey mm-hmm. and it is so hard to sit back and be like, okay, I'm not gonna be the naturally young, aggressive guy Mm -hmm. anymore. I'm going to let somebody else who I've, you know, I've never physically seen, but I'm going to let somebody else run this. Mm -hmm. And it's so difficult to do that Mm because like in every aspect of my life, I'm trying, I am trying to let God back into my life. I'm trying to, I can't say let him back in because obviously he's always there. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: But I'm trying to open that door again to where I'm not as like closed off. Sure. And it's so difficult because it's like, I really feel like I can do this, but I can't. Like, right. I know that I can't, like, I know that I need to have that strength that he can only give. Cause okay. I can only go so far. Right. is strong. I want to be like Samson. You know what I'm talking yeah, about? Like yeah. that's my whole sleeve. My right whole on. sleeve is Samson and Delilah. Nice. And that's the reason why her name is Delilah too. Okay. Like it's, okay. So I want to be like him, but like, I need God's support on that. Uh-huh. Like I need the hair growth. Yeah. It's not happening, but right. <laughs> I, I need, I need that. But it's like, That's hard enough as it is because it's almost like letting go of the wheel and being like, I hope we get to the finish line.
1: Right. Um, Yeah, no, I understand that. But but there's also there's there's two aspects to that. Right. Mm -hmm. There's one is is God is orchestrating certain things (laughs) in your life. But two, there's also a certain amount of work that is required of you right you're not going to get a job unless you send out a resume you know you can't say oh god give me the job and then just sit in your bedroom and hope for a job right you got to do some work right and 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 so there's there's certain aspects where you have to take a step of faith you know the the bible uh one of my favorite stories uh in the bible is where jesus heals the 10 lepers Mm -hmm. and uh and uh he could have done that in any way he wanted to right he is god he could have touch them and they would have been leprosy free Uh, but he didn't he said he said you will be healed from your leprosy go and show yourselves to the priest because in that in the first century they had to to be declared ceremonial clean by the priest so 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 but then the next line is what's so cool it says as they went they were healed which means what one they had to have faith in god And they had to take the first step. It was as they went, they were healed. And by the time they got the priest, they were healed. So in our own lives, we got to take the step, right? Mm -hmm. You got to trust God, but you got to take the step too. And as you go, God will heal you. God will provide for you. God will show you the way.
0: Which is the same thing with your guys' ministry you're doing. As long as these people are taking that step to help take care of themselves, they're going to get closer to being healed.
1: That's the hope. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's deep. Yeah. Right on. That is deep. <laughs> that's deeper than me. You
0: know? <laughs> that's really cool. Like I I just find your, your ministry and your your fitness stuff so interesting because mm-hmm. it's like <clears throat> I've used fitness before to like try to motivate guys to because obviously they'll be like, hey, I want to go to the gym, I want to get a little bit more bigger. And I'm mm-hmm. like, that's perfectly fine with me. And I can use that to like grow a good friendship. And I think it's so interesting that you guys are bringing the spiritual aspect into it as yeah. well. And right. I think that's great. And it's what has been something that that you think is on the horizon for 148 ministries
1: um well i I do know that i i I think this evansville program is going to go um we all the all the people are in place it's just a matter of logistics now to 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 get that going uh down there so that's um that's exciting Mm uh that was never really on the radar so um that'll be that'll be cool to see uh, see that program get initiated down there. So that, that's kind of neat. Um, the other cool thing that um, is really interesting too, you talked about the gym and 148 Wellness. Uh, a lot of our volunteers uh, that help us in the ministry actually are gym members. That's so cool. they come to the gym and they're like, "Oh, we want to work out." And they're like, "Oh, you know, we call it we. It's my wife says never use hashtags anymore. It's old school, but it's hashtag gym with a mission, right? So I always I always do the hashtag thing.
0: So what's the new thing they're doing so that way I can learn? I don't know. That's just <laughs> it. I'm just
1: I'm still doing the hashtag. So, uh, but a lot of our volunteers then they learn about the ministry when they come to the gym. And They say, "Well, I, I want to be a part of that. I want. I want. Can I help?" Can I go to these things? Can I meet these girls? Can I can I interact? You know, so, um, so, you know, uh, I love it when people are get involved that way um, because it grows them, mm-hmm. and that was an aspect of the ministry I didn't see or couldn't predict. You know, uh, where volunteers have come to me and said, "Ever since I've gotten involved, in this my faith has increased." You know, we think we're going to serve others, which we do, but it's actually the faith of volunteers that that increase. Um, so that's that is one growth aspect that that wasn't even on the radar either. You know, it's cool to see people's faith increase just out of service. You know, so uh, that's one thing. The other thing that. I didn't see happen and this, this actually is happening right now is, uh, uh, last fall, Indiana Wesleyan university reached out to us. They have a campus on the South side of Indy, uh, occupational therapy, uh, uh tied with religion. It's Wesleyan. Um, and they asked if their students for their students could do their field work with us this semester, this spring. And so, so. So I said, yeah, sure. Let's give it a go. You know? Um, and so we have four students that they are attending a lot of our programming now with us, uh, are occupational therapy students. Um, and they, they shadowed our physical therapists at the gym. Uh, they've gone into residential treatment centers with us. Uh, they have interacted with, with the girls and participated. And so, so that's kind of an interesting aspect. You know, you talked about where do I see it going? Um, I never predicted that either, right? I never predicted that um, a university would contact us and, and ask us to um, have their students tag along, and so um, so that's been kind of cool. And in there, they asked me to do an orientation before they got started. You know, just explain about the ministry and what they do. And, and um, one of the things I told these these girls is, I said, "Look, you're gonna you're gonna graduate as occupational therapists, and you're gonna be in front of people every day." And I said, you're certainly going to help them with the physical aspects of their life. Uh, but you also can be an evangelist for Jesus in, in that moment as well. So you can encourage them. You can be ambassador for Christ um, as you're helping them physically. So that's a, just another way to tie the physical and spiritual uh, together for these, for, these young, for these young girls.
0: So, Has it really <clears throat> created a different way that you look at people with addiction doing this? Um, yeah, I
1: mean, so, yeah, I mean, coming from addiction myself, I, I understand what it takes to get to get past that. I understand the stigma attached to that, uh, especially when you're in the midst of it. Um, uh, we, we see that people will marginalize these people in society, mm-hmm. right? If, if someone addicted to meth comes up to you on the street, you know, how are you going to react to them? right? You, you, our society marginalizes those people. Um, so the other thing that happens too, is, is that th- what people don't really understand in the life of an addict is they're typically in their recovery, there's multiple, uh, um, th- there's multiple relapses that happen. Um, so they're clean for a while and then they'll use and then they're clean, and they use, you know, so, so it's a cycle, um, of, of, of kind of in and out of, of drug use, and, and we see these girls come back to the same center multiple times, and what's interesting about that is is and this is where maybe society could 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 do a little better is is you know once a person relapses they're like oh they're they're done you know they're done, and um, we'll have girls come up to us in these programs that are just crying just broken, and they apologize to us. And they say, "Well, I'm so sorry. I relapsed. I, you know, I'm so sorry. You know," and I said, "Look, I said, why don't we start from today? Why don't we start from right now?" I said, "It's okay. Let's look forward. Let's not look back. You know, um, and 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 let's let's take that approach instead of instead of beating ourselves up for the past. Let's let's move forward and 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 accept God's forgiveness in this and move forward."
0: The tough part about when someone gets clean and then they go back to relapsing is typically overdosing because they go back to the, for those listening in that don't understand that Mm -hmm. they, if you're doing drugs for a certain amount of time, and this is what we deal with a lot of, because when someone says, Hey, they were just like we get, we walk into someone's house for an overdose and they go, they were just in rehab. And it's like, okay, so that, so when someone's doing drugs for a long time, they build up a tolerance, right? Mm -hmm. So when you build up that tolerance, let's say you're doing one full ml of which is a lot one full ml of meth Mm -hmm. or yeah or injecting heroin so let's say you're used to doing a ton of heroin well you go into withdrawal you go into a rehab center where you know let's say it's two months you're doing nothing you've already gone through your withdrawals now your body's kind of starting to get back on track to how it should be normally and then when you get out of it you're like, oh, I used to do this much heroin before. I want to get high again because of that feeling, which is that dopamine response, that dopamine dump mm-hmm. in, the, uh, in their body, which only like refills every seven years. So like that feeling, that's the toughest part, too. It's like that feeling that they get that very first time they do a drug, mm-hmm. that dopamine dump, it takes seven years to build back up again. Mm-hmm. No, I'm not recommending doing it every seven <laughs> years, but that's when you would get that that high again, right. um, and they go back to that original amount what they used to do, and then that's what causes them to overdose, which is so dangerous and deadly to them, right? Right after getting out of rehab, so typically when you we know someone's done that right after rehab, it's like this mm-hmm. will be a tough one, yeah, because it's just. It's it's a it's a circle that I know I've Narcan. I mean, not me specifically, but I've, we've gone on the same people in Narcandom three, four, up to five times that I've been on. Yeah, and it's just it's so difficult because it's like, man, you're throwing away so much. Mm-hmm. You're throwing away for the stupid addiction that you have. Mm-hmm. So I'm on the opposite side of this to where we're the ones responding to them, right? And then you're getting the receiving end of them coming to you saying, "I want to change." What we see is them not changing and then i right. doing the same thing over and over again. So we have a, a jaded view on a lot of this stuff. Mm-hmm. So that's where it gets difficult. Mm-hmm. And what do you see? Do you see any legislation that would help put like politically or through the government that would help organizations like you with the impact of people who are addicted?
1: I mean, um, you know, I, I it seems like, um, for, for our nonprofit, um, not sure other than other than funding to get to get more programs out there, uh, for the addiction treatment centers that we're in, I, I know they always are uh, staffing is <coughs> staffing is always a challenge for them. Uh, so I see I see a lot of turnover there, um, and so um, I don't I don't know if there's something that can be done, you know. From a, from a staffing perspective for, for these for these residential treatment centers. Uh,
0: I can only imagine how str- like stressful of a job it is. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I mean, I, I've not talked with somebody from a, an addiction center before, but I have talked with somebody who ran the um, uh, 117 uh, Isaiah 117 house mm-hmm. and from what they were talking about with like dealing with uh, like caseworkers for children. Like their turnover rate is extremely high, which I was surprised to hear about that. Once I've understood of why it is that high, it's surprising that there's not more to help Mm -hmm. on that. And I think I think what Christian organizations really thrive in way better than any other organization or uh, cause out there is the help, like being so helpful in facilitating all of those organizations or the, the government organizations. And they Mm -hmm. just work. So I think they work so well with them Mm -hmm. because it's just, there's people who want to be there, who truly care, not saying that these caseworkers don't or the addiction uh, Mm -hmm. services, they don't, I think they do, but it's just, there's so much of them, the addiction, the people that are addicted that come to them. And I think it's really overwhelming. Mm -hmm. And I think it's, it's the same way with caseworkers from my understanding. Right. Yeah. Um, do you guys specifically work with like similar cases, like with caseworkers, with these people, are they called addiction case workers or counselors? Yeah. We, uh,
1: we don't, uh, not from, not at the, uh, treatment centers. We don't. So we're, we're more providing programming when we're on site. Okay. And so, so we don't get involved in the, you know, in the, in the treatment programs or anything like that with, with the individual counselors.
0: And we talked a little bit before this, but you were mentioning that, with women that are mandated to come in, they're actually more attentive versus the ones that voluntarily come in.
1: Yeah, so uh, I think the the attention span is there um, if if they're voluntarily there, or if it's um, a lot of times when we'll show up at a residential treatment center if if they make it voluntary to attend our programming. Um, sometimes the, the girls are just they just want to get out of the rooms or whatever, you know? Yeah. So, uh, if it's, if it's mandated that everybody comes down, we have, we have a couple different demographics that, that show up. We have, um, the girls that are really interested mm-hmm. in, in doing the exercises, hearing you know, a message, uh, 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 and then we have the others that, that just simply are off in the corner making a disturbance and, <laughs> and great to see, you know? So, um, but, uh, so yeah, it is interesting to just to, to see the the difference in in the girls when they come down.
0: So, do you physically work with them yourself? Like you, like you're involved in the workouts as well. Mm-hmm. So okay. So a question of mine then is: if you have somebody who's not really engaging, how do you go about helping them start to engage in the workout?
1: Uh, again, you can't force them to do anything, right? So, yeah, yeah. um, so I'll, i just go talk to them. I'm like, Hey, are you, how are you doing today? You know, how's it going? How long you been here? Um, uh, how's it going so far? You know, that type of thing. Uh, one of the things that we bring to the residential treatment center, uh, when we go downtown for the women is we bring our, um, 15 month old German shepherd, Walter. And so, <laughs> uh, and he's great with kids and, and, uh, we call him a, semi therapy dog, you know. So um but but what's interesting is uh we've we've seen uh the girls come down, they don't have anything to do with us. But they'll sit in the corner with the dog That's cool. For an hour and a half and just pet him and, you know, and spend time with the dog. And so uh so that's therapy for them.
0: You know and he it's therapy for him too. It's therapy for him too, yeah. (laughs) That is something so like I've had some buddies, I know I've mentioned it before on this um, that are, they'll go through some tough times, and I'll be like, "Hey, man, I'm reaching out to you if you need anything." And, the, and what they'll respond back typically with, "Is like, is, is your dog back at your house?" And I was like, "Yeah." He's like, "Are you at home?" I'm like, "No." He's like, "I'm at, I'm, I'm at work. I'm gonna go over to your house and hang out with your dog." Yeah. And it's, sometimes it's just all they need.
1: Exactly. And They just yeah. need
0: to pet a dog and just cuddle with a dog right. for a bit. I got the best dog in the world, by the way. She's the best. <laughs> She's a gift from God. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> there you go. So with with this whole organization. What has been, has there ever been any struggles that you and your wife have had throughout this whole thing? Or has this brought you guys closer together?
1: Um, it's honestly, um, it's honestly a lot to um, both run an organization and provide the programming mm-hmm. to. So we, I mean, it was just us two starting out, right? Yeah. So we were doing that. Um, and, and it, it does take a lot out of you, you know, uh, whether that's preparing a message or preparing a workout or, um, you know, going to Sam's club and buying all the food and packing the truck up and, you know, unloading and loading and, and, and all that. Um, so, uh, it, it, it can be, it can be a lot on, on a weekly basis, you know, weekend week out, you got to. Um, if we are a nonprofit, so we have to raise funds to, to provide all this stuff. Uh, so there's, there's a little bit of financial stress there, um, year over year to, to make sure that that happens. Um, I think, you know, it's, you know, when we, when we get involved in, in some of these girls' lives and, and even with our volunteers, it, it is kind of rewarding to see, um, for, especially for me personally, see people, um, either come to faith in Christ, or or their faith in Christ grows. You know, and uh, that's that's why we're doing what we're doing. It's the bottom line. Uh, so when we see that, uh, we're both encouraged for sure. Um, and you know, we have uh, uh, we're a pretty good team where we will will cheer each other on mm-hmm. if one person's down, the other one will lift them up. You know, type of thing. So um, so I, I think we make a pretty good team that way.
0: Church? Do you guys go to around here? Do you guys go to a church around here? Or do you do your own?
1: So, so we have. As post COVID, it's been weird. You know, yeah. it honestly. Uh, <laughs> I'll tell you what, man. It, it really, yeah, <laughs> really. It's just um, w- uh, what we've been doing recently is. Um, We've been hit. We hit about three three sermons on a Sunday morning online, mm-hmm. uh, type of thing. And uh, what's what's interesting about that is is you can tap into all the all the all the good preachers across the across the nation, yes. uh, and locally. There's some some neat local churches here as well. So so we listen to uh, a few of those. And then the other thing that that we do is we have a, a, a pretty long commute in the morning, uh, so we'll put on a sermon in the morning. So. Um, and, and we'll catch a sermon almost every morning coming in, uh, to work or to the office or whatever. And so, uh, and we'll talk about that. So, mm-hmm. so we get a lot of, a lot of messages through the week. If you know what I mean? So we're, You're
0: bringing a lot into you. Yeah. yeah.
1: So it, it it's kind of cool. She's a big reader too. So, um, we talk a lot about what she's reading and that type of thing. So,
0: so what kind of online churches you guys listening to, um, you, any of the top of the head that you remember?
1: Yeah, there's uh the Bible project which is um, um who's the guy that runs the Bible project? It's out in Seattle. Uh his name escapes me. Why why does it Um he's he's one guy we listen to. We listen to uh Elevation Church, um uh, Stephen Furtick. Um Stephen we Furtick. we watch a lot of his stuff. Um, we catch some of the local stuff, uh, Emanuel, Danny Anderson. Um, mm-hmm. uh, we catch some of his stuff. Judah Smith is uh, another guy on the West coast. That we, that we listen to. He's, he's a really good, uh, really good teacher. Um, we'll pop into Andy Stanley's stuff. I um, do like Andy. Yeah. So he's got a lot of neat, uh, neat stuff there.
0: Timothy Mackey. Tim Mackey. Timothy. Tim Mackey,
1: um, great, great. He's, he's much more of a teacher, less of a preacher kind of guy. Uh, but, but a great biblical scholar and, uh, man, he is just, you know, uh, he, he's just a wealth of, of knowledge and information. Um, so, um, so those are some of our, some of our top ones that we try to catch
0: on a weekly basis. If you don't mind, <clears throat> what do you think is miss? <laughs> Sorry. She must see a, she must see an animal out there. <laughs> She hardly ever barks ever. Um, what do you think is missing in a lot of sermons today reaching people out in society? That's
1: that's a loaded question. <laughs> I know. I I'm always asking, I just got
0: told that last interview, two interviews ago. They're like, that's a low question. I'm like, I'm sorry. Yeah, like, I've just there's so much I'm wondering, and I, it's really hard to ask, but like there's there's is stuff missing in it. Cause obviously when I used to go to church, because I used to go. I would sit there and listen to the sermon, and then they would get into politics. Mm-hmm. And obviously, whether you believe in one side or the other, there's issues if you're a Republican or a Democrat because that's the two parties. But it's right. that's an issue that I've always found to be: once you've mentioned something in politics as a pastor, then. Where, where are your morals at? Where do you stop it at? Mm-hmm. because obviously you go to one side well they're letting you know transgenders you know dance around children. Mm-hmm. You go to the other side and it's the far right side is, is filled with hatred on some stuff. So yeah. it's like where is this line got to be drawn
1: at? So I I think it's pretty clear honestly. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think you know there's a lot of good speakers out there. There's a lot of good, public speakers. There's a lot of good motivational speakers, you know, and I think sometimes churches turn into motivation, motivational speakers. Right. Mm -hmm. And there's a place for that. Um, uh, but not necessarily in the church, you know, I think there, there's two things that can be preached. Uh, we can preach principles to live by, right. Um, uh, that's where motivational speaking comes in or we can preach a person of Jesus. And so the difference between principles and the person of Jesus is where is your faith? Are you following principles or are you following Jesus? And, and that's where I think some of the churches get a little off track is, uh, uh, they've turned into uh, you know, motivational speakers that will mm-hmm. give you, you know, five key points to live by. Um, but what they're not talking about is, is your faith in Christ and how do you exercise that. And talking about going into the world and being an ambassador for Christ and, and taking the message of hope to people like addicts or your coworker or mm-hmm. whoever you know, who needs to hear... Who needs to hear the message of hope that Jesus has? And so, so, it, and I think it's a pretty easy crossover, you know, because yeah. we can talk about, you know, do not lie, do not steal. You know, these these are these are principles, right? These are these are Old Testament principles in, in the book. They're in the book. Preach the book. <laughs> um, but but you know, if you ask Jesus what what those meant, he said, "Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, and mind, and love people as yourselves." You know, and and he says, if you do that, the others will fall from that. So let's pursue, let's pursue God, and let the principles come out of that. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: Man, so it's because that answers a lot of the questions that I've had yeah. <laughs> for the longest time. Because I was obviously going to a church for a while, mm-hmm. and then. I had issues with one of the pastors that I was just sitting there, and he was great at motivational speeches. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I'm not learning, mm-hmm. I'm not learning about God. I'm not learning. I love learning the history of sure. reasons why. Andy Stanley was a big uh, instructor for me mm-hmm. about learning about the past, mm-hmm. like how women were treated back then, right. how they were seen back mm-hmm. then, as obvious like basically property. And then like with children, like you didn't talk to children. Like it was amazing if like when Jesus would sit down and talk and give a, like a hug, a child, Mm -hmm. um, uh, who was the woman that went to the well? Uh, what was her name? And excuse me right now. I just talked about this with somebody else the other day. The woman at the well. The woman at the well. <laughs> Is it the woman at the well? I don't think she even has a name. Does she have a name? Does she have a name? Well, she was on like her fifth or seventh
1: husband. Yeah, sure.
0: And like he knew everything about her, but still talked to her. And other people wouldn't even allow her to go to the well at the same time. And he was there. It's mm-hmm. like it's a lot of action doing it. It's showing by action and not just proclaiming it. Mm-hmm. And that's what I felt like it was more. And I have, I, I, I nicknamed this to a lot of Christians as the typical topical Christian. Mm-hmm. Like, and it's people who, as soon as they pull into the church parking lot, they're waving and they're nice. I'll, I'll let you go ahead. Mm-hmm. Like you go ahead. But then as soon as you leave the church parking lot, there's people that I'd run into that were just nasty. And right. I'm just like, I just saw you yesterday, bud. Like, <laughs> And I'm not perfect. Sure. I am sure. really far from perfect. Yeah. But it's like that's that's the issue that I've been having with the church. And I think a lot of people have that because I'll sit there and I'll ask questions of like I'll chat with somebody. But like, why don't you go to church? And they'll be like, they're like, they're hypocrites. I'm like, I agree. <laughs> like, I am too. <laughs> like, I am not perfect. But I do see why there's that there's that missed connection there mm-hmm. and you as a pastor i'm sure you probably see that a lot but like to try to even get more creative with it to bring more people in mm-hmm. that's got to be something that is so difficult what is your routine or schedule when you're putting together a message
1: so uh, a lot of times i'll do a series um mm-hmm. so i'll do i i'll do a, like a certain series uh related to something you know um and i try to always um Tied into what their view is of God and what their view is of themselves, and how that how that differs. Um, you know, what does God think of them versus what do they think of themselves, mm. and contra- compare and contrast those two because because their um, their self image is pretty bad. You know, when we when we talk to these girls, so so I always like to bring in you know what what is, who does God say you are you know what does that look like are you you know you're a child of god you're forgiven you're redeemed you're set free you're eternally secure you know what why don't we why don't we talk about some of those labels instead of addict or failure or you know those types of things um and then what does the bible say about that how how do we how do we know that god calls us his child you know and how do we know he loves us like that you know um, how do how do we know that his love is unconditional? So, um, so I, I try to think about some of those things, and I try to make it a little more. It's you know you can't approach like what we do, like a, a church sermon. You just can't. You'll lose them in the first forty five seconds. Yeah. So so you've got to. Uh, that's why it's a little more interactive um, than than sitting in a pew. Um, I will open I will open the service up, and I'll I'll ask them. You know, have they seen God God lately? Where have you seen God? Have you seen God in your life? You know, what does that even look like? You know, how do we know if we see God in our life? You know, that those types mm-hmm. of questions to kind of get them thinking a little bit about uh, about about relationally what does God mean to them? How is He acting and interacting with them? Um, but so 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 that to answer your question that the messages are always focused a little toward kind of introspectively, you know, um how do how do they view themselves? And then and then and then how much how much God really does love them and can forgive them and will forgive
0: them. Do you ever work with any psychologists with anything with these ladies?
1: Uh no. Uh, no, we we don't get involved at that level, not
0: with. Yeah. That was interesting because I talk, I remember I talked with a oh, I want to make sure that your sides recording. It looks like it is. Okay, good. Whew. I'm not going to lie to you. (laughs) My heart dropped for a second. (laughs) I did a podcast one time. and, And at the very end, I pressed stop. And I'm looking at it like, that's weird. It didn't go from moving to stopping oh wow and i went back and looked oh i never recorded any of the audio <laughs> that's nice <Oops. laughs> and i said i'm sorry man you're gonna have to come back on and do this all over again we talked for like two and a half hours oh, wow. and he's like all right fine with me and he came i thank god yeah. he was nice about it um i've sat and talked with like a couple of psychologists before and their faith and i'm mm-hmm. like how often do you bring in because i had to see a guy a psychologist last year I'm like how often do you bring your like your faith into what you talk about he's like every single thing i talk about is I use more from the Bible than I do from my books that I learned. Sure. Mike, really? Yeah. But you, you think about it, it's like it's a book about us. Like mm-hmm. it's anything and everything that I've ever gone through in my life, I can go back and reference in the Bible. Mm-hmm. I can't think of anything that's not, that's happened in my life that hasn't happened in the Bible, yeah. which is so amazing to me that this book that was written. Two thousand ish years ago. Obviously, mm-hmm. it was put all together in letters and stuff like that. You know, up to three hundred year, up to three hundred years, I think, afterwards. But uh, one hundred fifty. I mm-hmm. think it was one hundred. I don't remember. I'm not that smart, like you. <laughs> but, uh, but it was all put together from letters and stuff from all these different authors. That, but like over sixty authors. But it all points to one person, and mm-hmm. it's amazing. Have you seen the? Uh, there's a there's a picture out there. And I might, if I think about it, I'll put it up on this. But all of the stuff from the Old Testament that talks about, uh, the New Testament that talks about from the Old Testament, all the prophecies that were confirmed, Mm -hmm. just the amount of them, Mm -hmm. just it looks like thousands. It just looks like thousands of them just back and forth in this picture. It's actually a really pretty picture. Um, but that was something when I talked to that psychologist about it, I'm like, how often do you reference the Bible? A lot of things he's like, it's almost, almost all the time, mm. but he doesn't sit there and preach to people. Right. But he's just like, I can go back and talk about stuff in the Bible and use it. Like I've even used it for leadership. Like I've gone back in the Bible about leadership Sure. and like use it at the firehouse. And I've been told before from a friend at the fire department, this was back in the day. He said, he goes, there's no room for God at the firehouse. And I was amazed. Cause I was like, really? And I just didn't say anything after that. Cause I was Mm -hmm. just like kind of blown away when I heard that. And I was sitting there trying to think, I'm like, why would they say that? Like, could I imagine not having God with me at work? Because this lady that we just went on that died, like I'm fit and I'm sitting there thinking like, I have, done plenty of these now where i'm on a cardiac arrest we're pumping on someone's chest and i'm sitting there thinking like this person right now is standing in front of god mm-hmm. like or at least in front of somebody like in front of like one of the angels or god like mm-hmm. she, they're in line like sitting there waiting like just talking to everybody else that's in line too <laughs> it's like they're right now they're witnessing this and i'm here <laughs>
1: Yeah, <laughs> like, it's
0: depressing that yeah. i'm here and they're there right. and they're they're not in pain like and you're just sitting there just staring at him, And it's like, I think about that kind of stuff because I'm involved in it now. You know, just yesterday we had somebody who passed away. So, like, mm-hmm. sitting there, I walked in. I kind of put my head around. I'm like, this woman's better. Like, mm-hmm. she's better off than me right now. Right. I'm, I'm kind of jealous. Right, like, yeah. But that's just stuff that I just start to think about. Like, I could not imagine not bringing God into my workplace. I right. couldn't imagine. Yeah. Now, I'm not going and preaching. But it's just, it was amazing to hear that and the, to think that there's a lot of people that are out there like that. It's it brings up such a more depressing setting, I think, that if you're going to go through traumas, I mean, if you're healthy, you don't go to a doctor. Like, when you're sick, you go to a doctor, mm-hmm. like you see Jesus. Like And that's when a lot of people are just, like, they're down and low, and that's when they're seeking Jesus. But, like, when they get up higher, like, I know that I've done this. Like, I'm feeling great, doing good. It's all me. Like. It wasn't because someone gave you that motivation. Someone right. gave you those obstacles in your life that knew that it, that's how it's gonna grow you. And sure. that's something that I have to focus back on all the time. And it is I'm not gonna lie to you, I have failed on that yep, so sure. many times. Yeah. And it's just what have you known with your growth with Christ? Like in this from the beginning of when you started the 148 ministries, have you noticed in an, an, an insane amount of growth with your faith
1: um you know i i think that uh i think it it goes back i've I've seen growth in my trust in god so um yes perhaps my faith has increased but my my trust has increased because uh we we talked touched on a little earlier is Mm -hmm. is when you're when you're into something like this and you're you're leading this and trying to trying to follow God's prompting. It's, it's, do you, do you trust yourself or do you trust God in, in this process? You know, you have a choice, mm-hmm. you have a choice. So, um, I, I, think it's, I think it's helped me in that way in, in increasing the amount of trust I have in God and his, and his plan and purpose.
0: Do you ever have people that went through your program that come back to volunteer?
1: Yeah. You know? Um, uh-huh. Yep, we have one. Uh, actually, we have a uh, a girl. She went through um, one of the residentials. She re- she relapsed. Uh, she did some jail time, um, and so uh, while she was in while she was in jail, we provided funding for her. The ministry did mm-hmm. um, commissary account, and then and we would talk to her every Sunday on the phone. She'd call us, um, and. Uh, I'll, I'll circle back around. We're going to bring her. We're going to bring her in. But um, uh, so while she was in, she was like, you know, I, you know, when I get out, I'm real. I'm going to help you guys, and I'm going to volunteer for you, and I'm going to go to your things, and I'm going to speak. And I'm like, you, I want you to do all that. I want you to do all that. I said, well, why don't you do something right now? She said, what are you talking about? I said, I said, what do you guys? What do you guys? What kind of programming do you guys listen to? She's like, well, we like Joyce Meyer. I'm like, all right. I said, "Why don't you lead the Joyce Meyer Bible study in your in the wing of your prison?" She's like, "Are you serious?" I'm like, "Yeah." I said, "You need to do it." She's like, "Okay, how do I do it?" <laughs> and so, so we bought Joyce Meyer devotionals, prayer journals, life recovery Bibles, and we had them shipped into the prison um, from 148 Ministries. Mm-hmm. And she she led a Bible study on the wing of her prison. Uh, so she was volunteered for 148 uh, Man. in prison. So anyway, that she, so cool. she just got out and, uh, uh, she's going to be our keynote speaker at our upcoming fundraiser in September. Where's, uh, where's that going to be? At? That's going to be at Vina Villa, Vina Villa. Uh, okay. uh, in Greenwood. Yeah. Uh, September 10th, Sunday, September 10th, uh, this year. So
0: what other stuff do you guys, events that you guys have going on this year?
1: Uh, that, so that is our primary fundraiser, uh, every year is, and, and we've held it there at Vino Villa here in the vast, past few years. It's okay. been, been, a, been a, it's an outdoor venue. We bring in entertainment, it's beautiful, beautiful venue. Uh, they ho- they open the entire restaurant for us and bring in the staff. So they, they do a great job. So it's on a Sunday. So we have the entire restaurant and, and, uh, and we have uh, keynote speakers and, and it is obviously a fundraiser. So those, those seats are for sale, um, so that that's the primary uh, fundraiser that we have yearly um, for for to raise funding for the ministry, and then we have obviously individual and corporate donors that donate um, either one time or a recurring monthly donation as well to help us do these things. So
0: that is so cool. So yeah. for you guys, gym that you have is that equipment bought by you guys or was it donated? Was it?
1: So the gym, uh, 148 wellness, that's an actual non, or that's a for-profit business. And technically that's owned by Chris Walker. Mm -hmm. And so Amber and I run the nonprofit portion. So those are totally separate from a financial standpoint. Um, a portion of the gym's, um, uh, profits go back to help fund the ministry. So they'll, they'll donate back to the ministry. Uh, to help help that. So if you're a gym member, you're you're kind of helping the ministry. You're contributing so. to, yeah, yeah. So
0: That's really cool. Yeah, man. So do you ever see any future in men's health and men's uh, addiction?
1: So uh, on Monday nights, uh, Volunteers of America has a residential treatment center for men downtown, uh, Indy, and we're down there every Monday night too. Okay. So this is expanded into a men's program as well. I got four, four guys that run that. Uh, one of which, uh, who runs that men's program is, uh, he spent 20 years on the street, um, meth, uh, uh, and he's four years clean and awesome. uh, loves Jesus. And, uh, uh, he goes down there and, and, uh, and brings, brings the, brings the word so in, cool. in, a, in a pretty cool way. So, uh, he's straight up with these guys. So, uh, and those men are, um, those men are primarily, um, high-risk parolees. So right. Our prison, uh, and then we have, they also have a veteran program. So, so, so that's a little different than the women's program, yeah. but but we're still—it's still same premise. It's—it's it's, we get them moving, and then we actually we don't bring fruit for those guys. We bring pizza. So uh, you bring
0: fruit over there—that's offensive. That's right. That's right.
1: They want—they want—they want sausage pepperoni. Oh, man. Uh, pizza so, sounds so good right yeah. now. Yeah, but uh, no—it's that's a cool program too. We're down there every Monday night, and um, those guys do a great job doing that program.
0: If people are wanting to donate or uh spend time with volunteering mm-hmm. what is a great place for them to start at
1: uh well you can check out our website at 148ministries.com uh and uh there's a contact uh, button on there that'll that'll send me an email directly david at 148ministries.com uh and just reach out to me and, and a lot of times we'll just have uh, uh just we'll sit down and what's, what's the interest and how you want to get involved type of thing um, so that's from a volunteer standpoint. There's also um, obviously a donate button on there that they can donate one time or, or set up a recurring donation right there on our website as well if they want to contribute financially. Uh, and then we have also partnered this year with uh, an organization called Because BecauseOne, becauseone.com, and that is a nonprofit platform that features a lot of nonprofits, but we're one of those nonprofits where we have a list of all of our needs um on a weekly basis out there and the cost of those you can you can purchase a fruit and cheese tray for example uh if you want to uh for us to take downtown so
0: that's cool yeah if uh before we finish up here if there's anything is there anything you want to say to just anybody listening in about people who are dealing with addiction or assault or abuse i think
1: it's our approach again i think i think you know we live pretty comfortable lives in the united states of america you know Mm -hmm. and um when people get off track we've all gotten off track right we all have some sort of sin condition that we deal with um some uh some of our sins are public and some are socially acceptable and some are not some are illegal and some are not right (laughs) so 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 we categorize those sins uh in in a manner that that's that uh we americanize these these sins and so uh and and fortunately if everybody knew each of our each each of our sins and shortcomings and failures um i i don't think that uh people would respond uh as they do so i think when, when people see people that are are suffering from addiction like i said we categorize them or we marginalize them or we shun them you know instead of you know sitting down with them and say hey you know what are you struggling with today What's going on in your life? What, what's happened in your past? You know, why, why do you, why do you want to, uh, why do you want to go to meth all the time? What's, what's the motivation there? What, what are you, what are you after? You know, what, what's, what's going on? And so, uh, I don't think we do that. I don't think we do that, you know? Um, so, um, and the, the other thing is that, and that, that's from an addiction standpoint, but if you're a Christian, <laughs> you know, how would Jesus approach these people? We already have a model for that. We already see how he approached those people, you know, in the New Testament, right? Lepers, adulterers, uh, murderers, tax collectors, uh, uh, women at the well, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, On husband number seven or six or whatever that (laughs) number was. was. It was a lot. (laughs) It was a lot. It was a lot. And what did he do? Um, You know, and that's a great example for us. You know, he sat down with her at that well and said, how are you doing? You know, and uh, uh, he didn't condemn her or judge her. He equipped her to be the catalyst of hope for that. If you read that story, he, she was the catalyst of hope of that for that entire city. The Bible says that 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 after she talked to Jesus, she ran back to that to that city and told everybody that she had had seen Jesus and this could be the Messiah. And it says the town came out. And, uh, and it said many of those people were saved that day because of that one woman's testimony. The one woman that was ostracized by society, she was at the well at noon because nobody wanted to deal with her at six in the morning when they usually got her water. She was the person that Jesus used, not the Pharisees. And so I think that's a lesson for us. You know, Jesus can use us if we're only willing and able to go.
0: Sir, I love the end of that. That was amazing and it was beautiful. I really appreciate you taking the time just to come and talk with me. Yeah. I know for me, this has actually grown in my faith a little bit more. This is awesome. Amazing. Yeah, that's so, good. Sir, thank you so much. Yeah,
1: my pleasure. My pleasure. Thanks for having me.
0: We've reached the end of the podcast. Thank you so much for sticking around all the way to the very end. I really do appreciate it from the bottom of my heart. So what'd you guys think? did this speak to you? Uh, did this kind of motivate you more to do more for your community or want to help out? Or is it just to make you appreciate people like David and his wife? Uh, I know that I definitely appreciate David and his wife and it's kind of speaking to me about my faith and where I need to be. So again, thank you so much for sticking around all the way to the end of this. It really does mean a lot to me if I've earned it or if you believe that I've, I've earning, I've earned this or deserving of this. Um, Follow me or subscribe to the channel. That way, you guys can get more content like this. So, share this with your friends and family. Uh, if those uh, anyone that you know around you that is dealing with addiction or abuse issues, uh, please talk with them and let them know that you do love them and that you care about them. And also have them try to reach out to One Hundred Forty Eight Ministries. See if they can get some help. All right, guys. Thank you so much, and have a blessed day.